Oh, hey there. Thanks for choosing to listen to Conference Talk. This is Shelby. And this is Kevin. Tune in each week to hear us discuss a conference talk by modern-day apostles and general authorities. We love y'all, and we hope you enjoyed this episode. Welcome to episode five, numero cinco (laughs) of Conference Talk. This is Kevin and Shelby. Yeah, I was say with Kevin and Shelby, and uh, Kevin did like a little, not like a dab, but like a little arrow thing when he was like, conference talk. Yeah. That's <laughs> pretty funny. It was like my pose. Yeah. So I, stri- I struck a pose. Yeah. Today, we are getting into this talk, obviously from April 2020 General Conference, titled Deep in Our Heart by Douglas D. Holmes. This brother was previously the first counselor in the young men's general presidency. Okay. No more. <laughs> no longer. <laughs> Anything? <laughs> I felt like there was more you wanted to say. <laughs> no, I think that's it. I know you have something you want to say. Do you want to just... Okay, jump well, into that or do you want us to kind of build it up a little bit no like okay so here's my thoughts when i first started listening to the talk as i was maybe i'll talk about like my study process and how that yeah uh, came into the talk but um i now have a commute to work and so it's very easy to listen to talks on the way to work and it's really nice and sometimes my head gets distracted but most of the time i'm listening um and i was listening to this talk And also when I was studying it, like reading it when I got home and making notes on it, um, it really reminded me of a talk um, that was given on my mission by Jeffrey R. Holland. Now, disclaimer, I actually was not there when it was given. I was in the MTC um, and this was given at the McAllen uh, La Vista Chapel and um, I wasn't there yet. I was about to be there in two weeks. He came two weeks before I got there. Best of luck to Shelby, you know, anyway. So, but I got a copy of the talk. So it was like I had been there. And this talk that Jeffrey R. Holland gave is called, This is Real Life. And this to me really coincided with this talk about deep in our hearts, because throughout this talk, Jeffrey R. Holland, um, the one called, This is Real Life, that was given on my mission, um, He talks about how we're God's investigators and the purpose of the gospel. Well, I want to read it. I want to read his quote from the talk. Um, It says, so he's talking about how we're God's investigators. And he says, you may have some habits you want to work on. You're on a higher level because we are missionaries at that point. Um, You're a little more elevated. You're a little more on the course than your investigators. But you are still an investigator. And you're still learning about the basics about conversion. This is my favorite part. And this is what reminded me of the talk. God wants you converted. And then he says, Elder Christensen, who is someone in the room. He wants it down in the marrow of your bones. He wants it for from your DNA. Thou all the powers of hell and of darkness in the middle of the night. And all the adverse opposition that you could face in this world physically, economically, socially, and morally in any way. But nothing, 
Nothing is going to separate you from the love of God and the testimony you have of the restoration of Jesus Christ. That's what he wants from you on your mission. You're out here to get these lessons into your soul. You think you're out here to teach somebody else. Come on, you're out here to get taught. That line came into my mind as I'm reading this talk about, um, uh, what's his name? Elder Holmes, Douglas D. Holmes, talking about... Brother. Sorry, Brother Holmes. He's an elder, right? Well, I mean, he's an elder like I'm an elder, but at this point, he's just Brother Holmes. I beg to differ, but I'll continue. Oh, okay. (laughs) But he basically says that all these things in the gospel of Jesus Christ are meant to get these things deep into our hearts. But the way that Elder Holland put it was deep into our souls, which I think are the same things. I think that's maybe where our soul resides is in our heart. So anyway, those are like my initial thoughts. And um, there's a lot more that I could go on, but I just wanted to explain that connection between the two talks because I'm probably going to reference both of them throughout this podcast to maybe add on to some of um, Douglas D. Holmes' thoughts. So, yeah, it was just a really good thought linking process for me. Yeah, I can dig it. Yeah. So my initial takeaways from this talk um, were first what he's okay. Back at the beginning of this year, oh, excuse me. It was even like late last year when they first introduced the new youth program Mm -hmm. of setting goals and so on and so forth. You and I, Shelby, we were at like a devotional or some kind of uh, meeting where it was presented. Um, And we kind of discussed afterward. We said, you know, this is something that people are going to look at and be like, oh, it's for the youth only. But really, it's for all of us. Yeah. The fact that they're targeting the youth is because if you bring uh, a child up in the way, they will not depart from it. Mm-hmm. Right. So but sometimes we need to return to the basics. We need to like mm-hmm. like Elder Holland saying, like, you need to get these lessons into your soul because this is this is the gospel of Jesus Christ restored on the earth. Yeah. So you need to know it and live it and breathe it and never forget any aspect of these lessons. I mean, right. not that we necessarily do, but if if any can, of us we can get rested. R- right. If any of us read through the lessons and tr- preach my gospel, there would be something that would make an impact on us. Oh, 100%. For sure. Always. I mean, you know how many times you read that as a missionary and you're like, oh, I read this 5,000 times and this now just stood out. Right. Yeah. So that's how the, that's how the spirit teaches. So um, it's through this repetition because we're fallen. We need it 8,000 times to get it sometimes. And Uh, it's interesting. Sorry. Were you done? It's it's interesting that in the beginning he does mention the the youth program and then his like summarizing statement or preface of what he goes into he says 
we will see how the lawyer is trying to help all of us get his gospel deep into our hearts. And then he addresses some points on how mm-hmm. that happens. Um, and the first one is relationships be yes. with them. Um, and the thing that stood out to me in this whole section was um, the paragraph on taking time um, to, to do these things together, to build those relationships. Cause the, I think there's so many things today that take our time away from what we could be doing um, and building relationships, not just with our families, but with the people that we serve with. Sometimes, uh, sometimes our listeners will point out that we repeat each other a lot. Oh yeah. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm not sorry. (laughs) It's a second witness. Okay. That's, it's a mode of teaching Mm. and it's, it's unconscious, right? Yeah. But, I want to reiterate something that you said, which is, um, I actually kind of forgot about it just in this moment. (laughs) (laughs) Wait a second. Is that, (laughs) is the true doctrine? Super thought. (laughs) Okay. No. Um, it, It was on the, it was on the point of relationships. Taking time to be with each other. Yes. There are, okay, this is the point that I wanted to reiterate. Okay. There are so many things that take us away mm. from people in our lives who need us and we need them. All the time, you hear these stories of old home and visiting teachers, and it's no different now in ministering days, where, oh, I, I, was, I thought I was going to help them. But they help me. Exactly. Yeah. So first of all, the, uh, he says the first principle of getting the gospel deep in our heart is to develop relationships with other children of Christ, mm-hmm. right? And again, I have to I have to enforce this. We're not literally sons and daughters of Christ, right? We have our heavenly father, but I'm referencing the, the book in, in the book of Mormon spiritually, spiritually born of him, spiritually begotten. right? Yeah. Yeah. Which uh, this is a somewhat rhetorical question. I'm sure you, you will answer it. Um, <laughs> how are we spiritually born of Christ? Shelby? That's like a loaded question, right? Are you looking for like, I'm, well, specifically, well, we're baptized. Exactly. <laughs> we're dunked in the water. Right. So, you know, we need to be building relationships with all the people who are baptized and confirmed members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Not only, right, we're not in a clique. We're not only, we're not an exclusive people, right? But if you're missing out on these precious uh, relationships that you have that are waiting to be build, uh, built and developed in your ward and stake, oh, man, you're missing out. Because that those are the people. Those are the people that, like, we're going to get things done together because they're already on the path. Yeah, you're building Zion. Right. And uh, he quotes Elder Dale G. Renland that says to, to effectively serve others, we must see them 
through Heavenly Father's eyes. Mm. And then he goes through talking about um, how as we see others, seeing others as God does is a gift and that we can all seek that gift. And that's how we begin to comprehend the true worth of a soul Mm -hmm. and then feel that love and that charity for his children, which pushes us to push other people to feel that love. So it's like this wonderful circle of nonstop giving and loving and serving and giving and loving and serving. And as you, the more you run around that circle, like if you were to run a mile and you were conditioning yourself to run a mile, it's going to be hard at first, right? You're running around the track on the football field and you're like, Oh, it's four laps equals a mile. And I'm only on lap two and uh, right. Like it's hard at first. But as you push through running those laps and you get stronger and stronger and stronger, you have more capacity in your lungs. You have more capacity in your body. Right. And the same thing with serving others. You, The more that you do it, the more that you see them through God eye, God's eyes, the more that you have the spirit with you, the more you're able to push forward the work. And then before you know it, you'll have multiple people running on the track with you. It's mm-hmm. not just you alone. And so it's just a really interesting um, way that that gospel gets deep into our hearts. I never would have thought of it that way, right? But it's true. That's that's a way we can get it into our hearts and make it who we are. Right. Or who God wants us to be. You know, missionaries out in the field and... Uh, and Even return missionaries. And return missionaries will relate with this. But, man, didn't you just... I don't want to say hate because I don't think missionaries can hate anything. Dislike. They really disliked. I did when I heard members refer to a either a previous a former investigator or even a less active person as kind of like being written off. Like, oh man, they they took the lessons three or four times. So they're not ready, right? Oh, they're, or their do not contact. Right, or or something <laughs> like that. Right. And there are times when you don't need to contact somebody. They've had they've had enough. They do not want to be bothered. They have their life. You know, that's that's where the spirit needs to make the decision. The decisions. Yeah. Right. Like they need to be their heart needs to be softened. But the the point that I'm kind of driving at is this idea of we don't get to choose who is ready and who is not right? right um we need to be we need to be constantly seeking revelation and and looking for those promptings to contact people all around us um when i read this talk and i, I this is a this is a a rather strong spiritual experience that I had on my mission. Um, and every time I've read this talk this week or listened to it, and now right now I'm being prompted to share it. So I'm going to go ahead. <laughs> we go and we talk to this. We're, we're kind of like just cruising around the town, small town. So we're just Why walking. Why what town? Uh, it was St. Anthony, Idaho. Yeah, I'm sure some people know where that is. And small town, 
my companion and I, we could just we can cover the the span of the actual town in like an hour and a half <laughs> on foot. Yeah. Okay, so um, you know we go up to this house and we're, we knock on it. Nobody answers, and as we turn to leave, a car pulls up in the driveway, <laughs> and, a, and an old man Love gets those out. Moments. Yeah. yeah, and he he greets us and kind of talks to us and. Um, I, somehow one way or the other, we, we realized that, uh, his wife was a member. He's not, but his wife has passed away. Mm. And, you know, so we, we bid him adieu, but something very interesting happened when he pulled up in the car and he got out of the car. I imagined him in his temple whites. And it was almost, I mean, it was just a fleeting image. And it was almost something that I just discarded. Like I was just kind of like, that was kind of interesting. I don't know why that happened. And, and talking with him, then I just kind of, you know, we, we figured out what was going on with him. We made sure he knew, you know, we gave him our numbers just in case he ever needed anything because he was an older guy. And we we left. It was later that week that we went and talked to a Sister Johnson, who was uh, the Relief Society president in that war. And we were just reporting to her about people that we were visiting. and And I mentioned this man. And she told us, about his his uh, history and how after his wife passed away, he did take the lessons, but he didn't go any further. Mm-hmm. And at that time, I I was impressed to share that same experience with her that I that I saw him in a you know quite literally in a different light, mm-hmm. almost like God would see him. Mm-hmm. And she she said, you know, the the spirit allowed you to see him like that. And, you know, we didn't ever get back to him. I wasn't in the area that much longer. And, um, but I, I always think about that experience and I think about him and I, I realize like, even he didn't really, like he had written himself off, right? Like he'd kind of been like, no, I'm not going to, I'm not going to go down that path. I'm not going to join their church. There were other people as well. And I was just, I didn't even know him. I was a stranger to him, right? But not really, because I knew him before before this life. And I'm going to know him again. And the the only reason that I bring that up and and the, the reason I think it is so important is that we need to, we need to do what a brother or elder <laughs> Douglas or Holmes uh, says to do in this talk, which is strive to see people as God sees them. And God is going to see them baptized, confirmed, endowed, and sealed. That reminds me of one of my favorite uh, quotes by Elder Nelson. Mm-hmm. Uh, President Nelson mm-hmm. is that God wants to see you returned 
to him endowed and sealed as right. families. Yeah. Earlier in the talk, I put a note. He says, uh, in this kind of uh, topic of relationships, Brother Holmes says, we are not expected to find or walk the covenant path alone. Mm-hmm. And I wrote in my notes, global church equals global family. Hmm. And, you know, if there's one thing that I'm that I'm getting real hit with this is that we need to get a lot better at seeing one another as family members and less as just people that were, you know, on the same planet, on the same uh, block or in the same city as there's a, there's a phenomenon that's, I say uniquely human. We don't really know because we we don't know what other creatures are thinking, but have you ever been like driving down the like the highway and you're suddenly aware of all the other people in their cars, and you realize that they're all going somewhere too? They all have lives just as complex as you. They have families. They have problems. It's a it's a an emotion called sunder. S-O-N-D-E-R. And if that's not the light of Christ working in us, I don't know what is. It's trying to get a a point across, and I'll let you get to your point in a minute, because I see you over there looking at me like, when's he going to stop? I've I've got to share it, because that is for sure something that we need more of. End rant. (laughs) No, it's good. You're just talking a lot, but I love you. <laughs> it is a podcast, so it's fine. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, what I wanted to hit on was that, well, you said, like, remind me what you were saying, because there was a thought that came, but it just left me. I talked about we need to see people as a family, our family in God as opposed to just right disconnected people. And you do that how? Uh, we live with the the spirit. Yeah. Like we invite the spirit. Yeah. And that that's the point I wanted to touch on was the spirit and like the Holy Ghost because that actually kind of goes into the next topic of his mm-hmm. talk, which is revelation agency and repentance connect them with heaven. Um, which is interesting. And side note in this talk that elder Anderson's talk just given before this about spiritually defining memories actually really helped him out on this. We need to connect them with heaven part and revelation and agency. But um, he talks about how the revelation um, comes through the Holy Ghost, right? And it comes to us in thoughts or however we learn how to hear his voice, which you've talked a lot about before. Hmm. But the point that I wanted to talk about with the spirit was um, in in the talk that Elder Holland gave in 3 Nephi 11, when Christ comes to the people in the Americas in the Book of Mormon, um, he teaches them. He, he teaches them and he's with them. And then they come back the next day and he's not there. 
And so what they do, well, no, he blesses the little children and then, and then they come, they come back the next day. They've just experienced this wonderful, like so-called general conference, as if you could put it of Christ teaching them about his gospel and blessing the little children. And then the next day they're wanting more and then he's not there. And the apostles begin to pray for the people he designated for his spirit to be with them, because that's the next best thing that they can have in that moment. Yes, it would be ideal to have the Savior there teaching us. Right. But the next best thing you can have is the Spirit. So when you're walking down the street and you're aware of all these people, or you're driving and you're aware of these people, or your neighbors, um, that thought about somebody coming to, like, of a name coming to your head, which I'm preaching the choir here because I'm going to be honest, there's a neighbor who lives on the other side of our apartment complex um, that faces the parking lot, and he lives on the bottom floor. <laughs> His name is Cam, and he's been coming to my mind all week, okay? And I'm being accountable right now because <laughs> it's been coming to my mind to go see how he's doing. Just knock on his door, ask him how he's doing. That doesn't, that comes, that's not something Shelby natural Shelby would do, okay? <laughs> that's something spiritual Shelby would do, my spirit would right. do. And so that's how you know, like, I don't just, I'm not some happy person that goes up to a ton of people every day and knocks on their doors. And I need to go ask him how he's doing. I need, the real prompting has been to ask him if he needs anything from the store. <laughs> I know that's really dumb, but I need to go do it. And I've been hesitant to do it because I don't want him to think I'm creepy. That's ridiculous. I'm sitting here right now and I know how ridiculous it is and it's been holding me back. Um, but I need to do it, Right. And that's a spirit that's teaching me how to see him and help him as a child of God. And who knows, maybe serving him is really going to help me what we're talking about now right? or previously. Um, anyway, that was my thought about the spirit. And that's the next best thing that we can have besides not having Jesus Christ here is to have another God, the spirit with us. It's a godly thing. You have a God with you. To be your companion. You can't see him, but he's there and you can feel him and he will put you in the right direction if you let him. So it's just, that's how you get revelation <laughs> to connect others with heaven because they'll feel that too when they're with you. If you have Jesus Christ standing right by you and you go up to somebody who doesn't know about him, they're going to feel Jesus is Christ's uh, spirit and love just because of who he is. It's right. the same thing with us. We have the companionship of the Holy Ghost. And when people are with us, they're going to feel it. And they're not going to know what it is unless we tell them. <laughs> yeah. Eventually, I mean, every story is different of how you come to introduce someone to the gospel. But eventually they'll ask. Or you'll just end up telling them. And then they'll get their question answered and you just read their mind. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> that's my end rant. Shelby rant. <laughs> nice. Nice. We, we both got one in there. Yeah. What, what next? What are we? I mean, to be honest, the talk, I mean, it talks about the revelation really long. It talks about goals that get us there and then about sacrifice and, then he leaves a promise and a testimony. Um, I don't know. I just feel like this whole talk was just so much about 
He provided ways that we can get the gospel deeper into our hearts. And I guess he could have summed it up maybe just by saying missionary work, right? But Well, and this talk is all of that in the context of working with the youth. Yeah. Right. But, you know, the way that you you work with youth in your warden stake is the same way that you work with youth in your home, mm-hmm. uh, out and about when you encounter them in maybe non-church functions. You know, maybe if you if you right. teach um, if you teach uh, you know little league baseball or or football or you know just the innumerable ways that we we interact with people. Uh, with young people. But then on that note, like it's no different than interacting with <laughs> adults. Yeah. Right. Like we're all, we're all still th- that child who doesn't always know their place in the world. Um, needs somebody to be their friend needs yeah. to be loved and cared for you know, one of the downsides of this whole like quarantine that people have been going through is that they really are getting stir crazy for some human interaction. And so if there's ever a time that you can get away with going and seeing Cam and having a reason to, it's, it's now, right? If there's somebody who's been on your mind, you could just open it up with, you know, I just wanted to get out of the house and, uh, and you came to mind, my mind. And they're going to totally get it. You know, when when back when none of this was going on and things just buzzing around and you just stop by somebody's house and see how they're doing, they might be like, oh, what are they doing? What, what do they want? But now it's just, you know, yeah, everybody wants to get out, see what's going on, see what people are doing. Um, so, yeah, that's that's my takeaway yeah. from from this. And. And it's really about, to me, too, is about being able to stand firm um, when the opposition comes and when. So doing the things that we talked about today will get us closer to the spirit and get the gospel into our hearts. And the purpose of that is to not only become more like Christ, but to be able to withstand the evils that are within Mm -hmm. our day. And so, and that's why I love that quote um, in the talk by uh, Jeffrey R. Holland about how he says uh, nothing, and he, he lists physically, economically, socially, and morally will get in your way. Nothing. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the same thing. That's, that's the same thing with anything that we do to get closer to the, the gospel of Jesus Christ and the spirit. And so its purpose is also to make you plant roots that cannot be moved um, despite what may come. And so when you have those roots, when hard things are happening, people are going to see you standing and they're going to come to you. You're going to want to know how you're standing so tall when the world isn't. Oh, 
Sorry, our table. It's been super creek. squeaky today. Yeah. Um, I guess it felt the spirit, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. That's true. Um, that might be false doctrine. Um, well, actually, you know, this, the table is a an object to be acted upon. Right? Does yeah. not act. So, in conclusion, if I may, I want to touch briefly on the cause of Christ. Mm. And it's mentioned in this talk. It's mentioned in a few other talks. And, and uh, what, what the cause of Christ is, in my understanding, is what would Christ want you to do in his stead, right? He cannot be everywhere at once. If he wanted it to be like that, he could have created it like that. There's a there's a wise purpose in sending us all here together away from his and Heavenly Father's presence. It wasn't like a, that wasn't a, a miscalculation. <laughs> oh no, we put them down there alone. Right? That's not what happened. What would what would Jesus do? As the old adage, right? The little cutesy thing. WWJD. What would he have me do if I were on assignment from him? And we mm. are. We we do have a standing assignment from to, Jesus Christ. To be disciples of Jesus Christ. Right. And that is primarily to, to sacrifice our own time, our Talent. talents, all of these things that we've been blessed with or will be blessed with, to building up his kingdom. Okay? And, man, like, I don't do that. I am a, I'm a miserable... <laughs> I am a miserable servant pathetic okay and that's not just that's not me self-deprecating for the sake of doing it because it's a podcast other people might listen no it's true like i i really suck a lot of people suck at it right okay stop there because you don't suck at it kevin you try and trying is what matters you made your own opposite podcast for your own benefit to help others come to know Christ. You say your prayers and read your scriptures. You go to church. You honor your priesthood. You don't suck because you try. People who are sucky are the ones who aren't trying. Well, I appreciate that. Well, you should believe it. I do. No, I, I, you know, uh, maybe. Maybe, you know, maybe there are some things you do suck at. That you aren't trying. Okay, okay? now we're getting... But, but, (laughs) I'm making a point. I'm I'm supporting you. But you do do other things that Heavenly Father sees, and he loves that you do that. I believe that. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I I was a little bit too harsh on myself. Yeah. Sometimes that happens. Sometimes we all are a little bit harsh on ourselves, right? Um, But it's only because... I do have a testimony of this word. I know how important it is. 
and I do know that I could do more. And that's the, that's, that's the cause of Christ. It's to do more. The reason that I wanted to bring that up. Okay. The cause of yeah. Christ, you know, we live in a, in a time where everybody's looking for a cause. Oh yeah. Like purpose. Yeah. They want to have a, a path, uh, you know, mission, you know, their calling in life. Um, even if it's just like, a, like, even if it's like a, a social media bandwagon that they jump on, right? We kind of talked about a little situation tonight where that there's probably some bandwagoning yeah. happening, right? Um, there's, you know, oh, this, this is a perceived injustice, let me make my voice known amongst the multitude. And now I'm, I'm contributing to the cause where really it's all about you. Mm. The cause of Christ is completely different. It has you looking outward away from yourself, has nothing to do with yourself. And it's actually to the detriment in some ways of your physical, temporal, like self, and those things around you. Now, fortunately, you you'll see the the hand of the Lord in everything if you're if you're a faithful disciple, and you'll you'll be glad to part with any of your time and any of your substance uh, in fulfilling that cause, or taking up that cause and and completing your the work. Um, the assignment. But, yeah, the assignment. Um, and man, you know, I so the. The last thing that I'll say about that is just that we get little assignments uh, from work, like from our employer or, you know, so on and so forth. And, and those things, you know, we should jump on those things too. But when we get that little prompting, we should take that as an assignment. Maybe you write it down, mm-hmm. you know, put it down in a, if you use a planner, if you set an alarm, a reminder on your phone, Uh, Do something like that. Make it official. Right. And, uh, you know, build good habits, develop, develop a strong responsive uh, responsiveness to the spirit. (laughs) Did you, would you like to conclude with anything? Um, You said change some habits, but I already read that talk earlier or that quote by Jeffrey Rohan earlier Mm -hmm. that said, uh, well, God wants from you to change some habits. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just so funny because this whole talk, he's basically saying, you're not out here to get taught or you're not out here to teach people, dude. You're out here to learn. That's right. the purpose of your mission. And he talks about how it's real life because that is what it is. And he talks about changing habits in here. But oh, this table, um, it's just it's just a really good talk. This talk was just very I think, I don't know if they put the order on purpose from going from spiritually defining moments to deep in our hearts, but they definitely correlate. And that was cool to read them in order like that and study them because I don't think that was, um, I mean, everything is divine design. Right. And it's pretty obvious that this conference was definitely organized. It was, it was done in a very deliberate way. And so it was great to study it that way too. Right. Um, to get more insight on that. But yeah. 
just a really wonderful talk and I'm, I'm motivated to change some things. And I hope that everyone listening was too. And I'm, I do want to say that I'm not earlier. I said the people who are sucky are the ones who aren't trying. I, I don't mean that like you suck and you're a piece of crap. Like I just mean that we're, you're not doing all that you can if you're not trying. Um, and that's, that's not necessarily fun, right? Like God wants you to try. God wants you to get better. And so I just wanted to throw that disclaimer that if you're listening and you're like, I'm not doing anything, Shelby thinks I'm sucky. I, I don't. I just think that there's room for improvement in anybody, even people who are trying, like I mentioned with Kevin. Um, and it's better to try something than do nothing. So those are my closing thoughts. And I, and I do love everybody. And it's late. And so I'm pretty blunt right now. Yeah. So please forgive me. But <laughs> I I speak like that sometimes. <laughs> no, I appreciate it. I appreciate those thoughts. Um, I just want to end with the admonishment from President Nelson, mm-hmm. which is... Do not demand of yourself that which is unreasonable, but demand of yourself improvement. Mm, there you go. And that's what we need to do. If you're feeling like eh, didn't didn't do a great today, don't don't go and make some action plan that you're just going to end up failing, you know, or or not doing what you want. Just say tomorrow I'm going to do a little bit more, a little bit different. Next week is. Uh, is you know that opportunity, and and tomorrow because we're doing this on Saturday, uh, tomorrow is the Sabbath. We we partake of the sacrament, uh, and that's an opportunity to repent, repent, change. and change some habits, and get back on that path. Um, I know that Jesus Christ is our Savior, our Redeemer. He is our great exemplar, and we just need to look to him and follow him. Um, and that's that is uh, that's the way to a happier, better life. Say that in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Couldn't have said it better myself. Next week will be. Our, our boy. <laughs> our, Ooh, it's Irene. Yes. It's president. Oh, and it's the last speaker of the session, of oh, the Saturday morning session. So man, we'll, we'll have completed one session. Sweet. Um, Prayers of Faith is the title of the talk. And I cannot wait. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna commit here on the air, so to speak. Uh, I'm gonna do even better in preparing for this talk than I did for the previous talk. Um, And that, that way I can bring some more, um, some more, some more detail from the talk as opposed to just like my, my general ramblings. Right. Cause it's important to quote from scripture. It's also important to quote from the talk and like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like in our book of Mormon podcast, we don't just read the chapter and then willy nilly talk about related topics. Right. I think there's an opportunity to really get the, not just the spirit of what these, these men and women, these inspired men and women are, are talking about, but like really. Mm-hmm. So anyway, 
I digress. That's what I do when I when it gets late. Is I go on a little thing. So, <laughs> oh wait, not just when it's late. Early, midday, late. It doesn't matter. Kevin's always going off on some crazy thing. All right. All right. Well, we're closing it out, y'all. Um, thanks for listening, and we will see you next week. Bye. What's something you learned from this episode of Conference Talk? What are your thoughts, impressions, or feedback for us? Be sure to write them down and let us know via Facebook or Instagram at Christ Center Conversations. Press forward, Saints! <laughs>